Welcome to the podcast of Dr. Norman Thomas. These teachings are designed to empower you to live a higher quality of life. Take a few minutes to receive a deposit of godly wisdom for your day. For more information and more extended teachings from Dr. Thomas, visit normanthomas.org. Let's do a couple more. This is fun. I receive the long life that you have promised, that you have said that you would give me a long drink of salvation. That's goodness. That's protection, preservation, that's prosperity, that's welfare. That's what the word salvation means. So my point to you is that if you, you know, God being good is more than a cliche. God being good is a practice of your heart towards his goodness and receiving that. Okay? Because he is good, whether that's your reality or not. But your reality will determine whether or not you experience his goodness. So why not experience it if it's available? Why not partake of his goodness if it's available? Why see his goodness from a distance and experience turmoil and pain and devastation? Say, I receive receive the goodness of God God for my life life. while I'm alive. alive. Now give the Lord praise and receive that. In Matthew chapter 5 and verse 44, the Bible talks about the prevailing power of goodness. The prevailing power of goodness. It's found in uh, Matthew 5, verse 44, pardon me, 44. It says, I'm challenging, now let's, uh, let's go back to the King James. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Love your enemies. What? What? What did you just say? To me, love your enemies. Okay, so people say, okay, I got that. But what they do is they say, I love my enemies. But love is not what you say. Love is what you do. So what does this mean? You don't go look for enemies to love. You don't do that. But at every opportunity, you have to be before an enemy. You love them. Let me say this about enemies. I don't make enemies. I don't make myself an enemy. If I have any, and I don't know any that I have, but if I have enemies, it's those who have made themselves an enemy to me. Okay? But I don't decide this person is my enemy by my determination. I don't practice that. Okay? Even, even if they have decided and stated that they are my enemy, I still don't accept them as an enemy. Okay? I just don't. I may not go to lunch with them. I may not hang out with them. But that's not required. Okay? So he says love. Now, 
Again, love. Love is not something you do based on your knowledge or your perception of it. Love is something you do based on God's love and his instruction to you to love. So if you sit around trying to figure out how to love your enemy, you're going to come up short. You're going to do something that's going to make it worse. So what you have to do is let God minister to you. Okay? When you're in, in the, the space of an enemy and it's time to move in the direction or engage that enemy, then God will speak to you concerning how to treat that person or how to move in that person's presence or how to engage that, that individual or that group or that entity, whatever that is. So you don't try to make this happen. You don't try to figure this out. You don't try to just do something for the sake of doing something because the Bible says, love your enemy, son. What can I do to something for me? You're going to end up making it worse. It says, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Uh-oh. Bless them that curse you. Bless is not give them money, although giving somebody money is a blessing. Bless is, I bless you. It's first a word. Just like a curse is first a word. When Jesus cursed that tree, he didn't chop it down with an axe. He spoke death to it. To curse something is to speak death to. To bless something is to speak life to. So whenever the opportunity comes up for you to have a discussion that involves someone who has declared themselves your enemy, your job is not to rail them with your words. Your job is to bless them with your words. He says, bless those that curse you. They're cursing you and you're blessing them. Okay? They're cursing you and you're blessing them. A case in point for this would be, an example of this would be like a divorced couple, okay, with kids. And so when the kids are with one parent, that parent's cursing the other. It's not necessarily that they are using, they're not cussing. But they're speaking evil of that other parent in the presence of that child. Then they go to the other parent, and you know how children are. Mama said. Daddy said. And so now it's your turn to respond to that. Okay? So are you going to curse back? Or are you going to bless? You see? And she said, well, mama just, you know, we're going to pray for mama. We're going to pray for daddy. Okay? So you bless. All right. So when goodness is contested with evil, goodness always prevails. And goodness is rooted in the love of God, which we've talked about. The prevailing power of God's goodness is found in the power of his love. Here's what love does. It does away with evil. It, it, it just wipes evil. It annihilates evil. First Peter Four and eight in the Amplified Bible, and, and meaning that love being the root and the basis and the foundation of the goodness of God, it annihilates evil. So someone can hate you and you love them and you win. Okay? Someone can hate you and you love them and you win. Okay? Above all things, have intense and unfailing love for one another. For love covers a multitude of sins, forgives and disregards the offenses of others. 
Love covers a multitude of sin. Love disregards the offenses of others. So when you're walking in the love of God, you cannot be offended. No one can offend you. So offense don't work on you. Wow. You see how y'all looking at me? Yeah, offense, you can't be offended when you're walking in the love of God. You, you can know when you're not in the love and you're not in the goodness. It's when you can be offended. Did I offend you? You, you really can't. You can't offend me. Isn't that a good way to answer that? You know, I appreciate you asking, but, but you really can't offend me. Too much love. I mean, having your feelings hurt and being offended is two different things. So, yes, you can be hurt by something someone does. It can hurt something that someone said to you. But to be offended is to take that hurt and register it in your heart. And it changed the content and the nature of your heart, not only towards that person, but other people as well. Okay? So what you want to do is understand, okay, that hurt, but I'm not going to be offended. I'm going to let that go. And I'm going to release them and forgive them. And the next time you see them, you can shake their hand. You can smile. And it not be a fake smile. Okay? Because you're free, right? It's good to be free. It's good to be free. All right, and we're, we're almost done. Let's look at God's goodness under pressure. Genesis 26, God's goodness under pressure. God is good to you even when you're under pressure. Genesis 26, verse 1. It says, and there was a famine. Pressure in the land other than the former famine, former pressure that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Gerard and to Abimelech, king of the Philistines. And the Lord appeared unto him and said, do not go to Egypt. Live in the land of which I will tell you. Dwell temporarily in this land, the land of pressure, and I'll be with you. Goodness. God says, I know it's hard. I know it's tough. I know you're going through a tough moment. But don't make no crazy decision. He said, I'm going to be with you. Just that by itself is enough to get me through. Just the fact that God has decreed, I'm going to be with you. Even in this moment, I'm going to be with you is enough to get me. He says, and will favor you with blessings. Okay. For to you and to your descendants, I will give all these lands and I will perform the promise, the oath, uh, the covenant which I swore to Abraham, your father. So God says, I'm going to make my word good through you. If you will obey me, I will use you as a living example to make my word good through. And I will make your descendants multiply as the stars of the heavens. Now, let's go down to verse, to, uh, verse 12. So what did Isaac do? He did exactly what God said. And he sold his seed in that land, that hard land, that drought land. And in the same year, because God was with him and because God was good to him, he received a hundred times as much as he planted, even with a famine. And the Lord favored him with blessings. Verse 13, and gained more and more until he became very wealthy and distinguished. So 
God can take the tough time that you're walking through. And this for him was an economic, a financial hardship, financial troubles, financial hard times, national crises. Okay. Whatever you want to call it. And God says, I want to walk you through this. I know what everybody else is doing. I know how everybody else is managing their financial affairs. I know what the experts are advising. But let me talk you through this and let you be an example of what I can do to those who will follow me in hard times. What's it saying? There are some fundamentals that even when you're going through a rough time, you do not want to compromise. You want to do things with God where you never want to compromise standards of righteousness and standards of the kingdom just because you're under pressure. And pressure is the most viable time to compromise. Let's take financial example for a moment. You know, so you may have set your heart to say, you know what, I'm going to tithe, I'm going to give, I'm going to stay out of debt. Okay? Then you have a financial crisis. Okay? Money's not coming in, whatever the case is. And now you're getting all, all of a sudden, getting all this mail about a credit card, you know, like a $1,000 credit card. Like, that's going to help you, you know? But under pressure, you feel like, I can use that $1,000. All these little, these little financial markets, these little financial loan companies, all of a sudden send you these little certificates looking like money. They look like money. Like, come cash this in today by 5 o'clock, you know? And you attempted to do that because of the pressure that you're under, and it's no good for you. All it does is it just digs you deeper. It relieves you momentarily, but it brings you deeper. So the thing is, is that when you're under pressure, be like Isaac was, trust God. I mean, trust God. Decide that at some point in my life, I'm going to trust God. Might as well be this point. It's bad, can't get much worse. It only can go up from here. So I'm just going to trust God. Amen. Amen. You have to get to that place to where you make a decision that I am going to trust God. And, and this is what I see in this scenario is that Isaac remained true to God's way of doing things in his life as he was instructed by God did not yield to the pressure that he was under. And what did he see? He saw the goodness of God in his life. And you will also, you will also keep your mind set on increase. No matter how hard it is, don't talk lack. No matter how tough it is, don't talk poverty. Don't talk loss. Don't talk failure. Don't let failure dominate your thinking. God has promised you increase. Now, let me give you, go ahead and praise the Lord right there. <laughs> now, go to Psalms 115 and verse 14. Here's what you say. Here's what you say under pressure. And here's what you can say this to them, those bill collectors that call too. I mean, you already gave them a reasonable answer. Ma'am, I'm out of work right now or whatever the case is. And I don't have the money to pay you, but I promise you that as soon as I can do that, you're going to receive your money. Well, you know, that, ain't, that don't work for them. One guy told me one time, this was like I was 20-something, he said, does your mother know that you have this debt? 
I said, you just asked me about my mama? What does that got to do with this? You know, whatever it was, whatever button they can push, it was really crazy. But anyway, like he was going to tell my mama. Some, I just hung up on him. So Psalms 115, 14. So when, when, when the pressure is on, here's what you say to yourself. You don't have to say this to people, but this is what you say to yourself. God, I receive your increase more and more for me and my children. Lord, I receive your increase more and more for me and my children. God, I receive your increase. You're looking at a bill right now. God, I receive your, you can write on that. I receive the increase of God more and more for me and my children. When they send you those credit applicants, they also send a self-stamped envelope. Put everything they sent you inside that envelope. Like the outside envelope, fold it up, put it in there. The letter they sent you, fold it up, put it back in there. And put them a note in there. Psalms 115.14. I receive the increase of God more and more for me and my children. And mail that off. That's how I stop a lot of junk mail from coming to my house. I make them pay the postage for the junk they sent to me. And they stop sending it. It's free for you. <laughs> okay, let's close. Acts of goodness. I'm going to give you some scriptures. Write them down. Acts of goodness. Proverbs 11:23. Here's how you act good. The desire of the righteous is only good. The expectation of the wicked is wrath. So a righteous man, a righteous woman, someone who's operating in the love of God, recognizing their righteousness in him, they only have one desire. It's good. Their expectation is always good. So practice having good expectations. Just always expect good. But don't get your hopes up too high. I want them up real high. I'm gonna, I want my hopes up as high as I can get them. Why would I not do that? Why would I set my hopes low? Why would I create low expectations for myself? No, I'm going to put them as high as I can put them. Proverbs 12, 14. A man shall be satisfied with good by the fruit of his mouth. We talked about that. So speak good and receive good. Matthew 12, 35. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. Same thing, mouth. The content of the heart is released through the mouth. The good treasure, the word treasure there in the Greek is thesaurus. And that's the same word that we use for a wealth of words. So apply that definition. A good man out of a good treasure of words in his heart will bring forth, speak and manifest those things he speaks, those good things. An evil man out of the evil treasure of words in his heart will bring forth, speak, and manifest evil things. It's up to you. It's really up to you. Proverbs 12, 25. Heaviness in the heart of a man makes it stoop, but a good word makes it glad. 
Go ahead and put it back in Amplify. Let me see. Anxiety in a man's heart weighs it down. But an encouraging word makes it glad. Isn't it amazing how you can have either one? If you have enjoyed this time with Dr. Thomas, visit us online at normanthomas.org for more extended versions of these teachings. You may also learn where Dr. Thomas will be speaking at a location near you. Until next time, keep walking by faith.